Father, we just want to thank you for this time that you've given to us. Once again, O oh Lord, we come to your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. And you want to acknowledge once again that you are a good God and your mercy endures forever. And therefore this morning, O oh Lord, even as we come to the ministry of the word, we trust your anointing would teach us all things. For in your word are the promises of God, the exceedingly great promises of God by which we can be made particles of your divine nature. And through that, we can escape the corruption that is in the world because of lust. And therefore this morning, even as we understand your word, I pray, Father, you would give us your understanding. Touch us. Speak to our hearts. Father, set our hearts on fire. Even as we receive your word by faith, I pray, Father, that our hearts will continue to burn. That we will not have big heads, but burning hearts. Heart absolutely in love with you and hearts full of zeal for you. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. Come at this time into your hands. Speak to us. Anoint us in the speaking and the hearing. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, hopefully, uh, we are on the 5th day, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, yeah, 15th. 5th day of our fast. Let us call it 5th day of our humbling. Because there's no use of fasting without becoming humble. If your fasting is making you proud, then it's a major problem, Baba. So, <laughs> so let us call it 5th day of humbling ourselves, hopefully. 5 degrees less humble is great. <laughs> okay. Uh, 5 degrees matlab, we have to become completely uh, 180 degrees or 0. Okay, Sami? <laughs> that is when we have completely come to the end of ourselves. You know, one man of God says, we should put our mouth in the dust. I said, how, when are we going to come to that point, Baba? <laughs> put our mouth in the dust is very difficult. <laughs> that is when we are absolutely 0 degrees. Okay, from 90 <laughs> to 0. <laughs> so let us see. Um, You've been looking at a series on uh, meeting God as judge because um, what we have for it is appointed unto man to die once and then it is what judgment and what kind of a judgment is that it is eternal judgment okay once and for all once we enter into eternity it's done it's a done deal and judgment is according to the character that god has wrought in us he's going to judge according to that and that character which god has wrought will do certain works okay so all those things are we have, we've been looking at so just let us, by a way of review, let us look at a few verses. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Therefore, we make it our aim. Why? Because we must all, right? Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Our entire objective is that God should be pleased in everything that we do. If God is not pleased, there's no point. Understand that. Everything. I mean, even we are going through a, a, a corporate fast, personal fast, whatever it is. In our fasting, if God is not pleased, that is the reason why he says, is this the fast that I've ordained? Understand that, right? So we are not going to uh, going to go there, but even in our fasting, let God be pleased. It is not for pleasing man. It is not for getting brownie points with anybody or getting uh, degrees or uh, com- uh, what is a commendation from man. That is not the reason why we are doing it. That our atti- attitude that is that we should please God. Why? Verse ten: For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. 
Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So he says, we persuade men. How do we persuade men? We know the terror of the Lord. What kind of a terror? This is not the wrath of God which is being poured. This is even the bema seat of Christ. Even there, there's, there, there will be terror, terror. Okay. So think about it. No, whenever you go for an interview, are you always confident? And even the guy who gets uh, first rank in IAS exam, when he goes for this interview, you know how much he trembles. No, if the earthly boss can cause you so much of trembling, how will it be when you see the terror of the Lord? Okay, every interview I faced in my life, there's always uh, my heart is in my stomach, uh, in my mouth. No interview is uh, easy to face. No, nobody just walks into the interview with confident, away. We can ace it. No, no, no. No matter how well you are prepared, doesn't matter what your rank is, interview is interview because he is viewing you in inside. <laughs> that is seeing how much substance is there <laughs> or uh, is it all fake, you know? So for those people who make fake resumes, you know, we can't help you. Right? So therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, what do we do? We persuade men. There, no fake interviews will, resumes will work. So Isaiah chapter 26 will say, with my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. How do we seek God? We seek God with our spirit. How do we serve God? In the spirit. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 1, Paul says, I serve God in my spirit. I seek God with my spirit. I understand God with my soul, but I seek God with my spirit because God is spirit and those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And he will not contend with flesh. So he will never reveal himself to you if you are in the, in the, in the flesh or in the soul. Okay, because the soulish man and the uh, carnal man, both men, we will not understand the things of the, things of God because they are spiritually discerned and understand the things of God. We need to have revelation and that revelation is only in the spirit and not in the soul. Soul may be illuminated, your understanding might be enlightened, but the, but the revelation of God comes into our spirit. Therefore, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. Meaning what? I have an urgency. There is a sense of urgency that should come upon the church. All of us, we need to understand this. We are in a time where there is unprecedented things happening and with incredible pace. 20 or 2021 just finished off like that, right? We, I remember the watch night service and now very soon we are going to have the watch night service. Remember my DP, if you see my DP, that was a picture I took with Pastor James last year, 2021. I was looking at it and I said, no, very soon we will take another picture. <laughs> so quickly it is over. So he says, we will seek you. There should be a sense of urgency. You should not be casual. You should be intentional and say, Lord, this is the time that you ordained for us as a church and we want to be part of it. And we want to seek you early. Why? For when your judgments are on the earth. Understand this. Where, the, where, where will the judgments be? On the earth. Now, when, the, when we are saying on the earth, yes, we are talking. We are just not talking about the judgments of God which he allows. It is also when his people begin to judge themselves and walk in the light of his judgment. You know what will happen? The inhabitants of the world will, work, will learn what? Righteousness. You will become the gospel. That is the reason why Paul will tell the, the Corinthian church, you are our epistle, not written by ink. You are written by the spirit of God. You are our epistle. You are the fifth gospel, if you will. The fifth gospel. That is the reason why in every Bible, in authentic Bible college, after they teach the four gospels, they teach the fifth gospel. That is your life. And then he says, when we are people who are living in the judgments, in the light of the judgments of God, what will people do? The inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. That is the reason why it says, many will see and fear and put their trust in him. They will see and fear and put their trust in him. Because the natural man cannot have the fear of God. 
When they see us, when they see the life that we live, the life, the, the, the urgency that we have, the priorities that we have, everything that we do, when they see the testimony of our lives, they will say, you know what, this God is real. I better reconcile myself with God. Otherwise, you know, that is the reason why it says that God may be glorified in the day of their visitation, it says in First Peter chapter 3. Remember? So we've been looking at the parameters or the standards of God's judgment and we'll look at another parameter this morning in the uh, light of uh, eternal judgment, right? We're looking at eternal judgment. Romans chapter 2, <clears throat> let's read a few verses. For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And as many as, sinned, as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. And it's in parenthesis meaning he's trying to un- make you understand what does it mean to fulfill the law. He says, for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Now look at this. The very important phrase over here that you need to be, that you need to pay specific attention to is to, is in the sight of God. It is justification in the sight of God, not in the sight of man. We have to be very clear with this. Otherwise our life will be no, not authentic at all. Justification is always in the sight of God. Okay. doesn't matter what people say or not say about us. The reality has to be inside of our hearts. That is the reason why fasting in secret, giving in secret, praying in secret. Why this life of authenticity has to be there in the sight of God. That is the reason why it says in Judges chapter 1, Judges in the entire book of Judges when it ends, it says, Every man that did that which was right in his own eyes, but the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God. In their own eyes they were absolutely fine, but in the sight of God there is evil. Therefore, this is very, very important for us to understand that it is justification in the sight of God. Judgment will be ultimately, we have to give an account to the person who will judge even the secret. That's the next part, next uh, parameter. I'm not going to go there today. Who will judge the secrets of men. And that is exactly the reason why when John is uh, is visiting, I mean, he has a vision of Jesus on the island of Patmos. He looks at his eyes and he says, his eyes were like what? Flaming fire, meaning you could he could not miss anything. And when he saw that light of the judgment of God, he just fell flat on his face. This was very the very John who leaned on Jesus' breast and who was the apostle whom Jesus loved. Okay. Now he fell at his feet like a dead man and Jesus had to come to him, put his hand upon him and say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And we should be, when we see the terror of the Lord that day, what will happen? We will all fall flat on our face. And you know what is going to happen? Hopefully God will come and put his hand upon us and say, don't be afraid. Hopefully that will happen. That should be our aim and objective. So justification is, is where? In the sight of man, not in the sight of big boss. Right? <laughs> because I'm there not nowadays in GSS. So I see cameras all around the place. It's very new to me. The first time in my life I'm under closed circuit cameras and I'm working. It's very interesting. Okay. So this justification is in the sight of God. Romans chapter 2. And goes on, it says, For when Gentiles who do not have the law, do by nature, do the, uh, by nature do the things in the law. These, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. Who show, look at this, who show, who show, they show. The work of the law written in their hearts, how do they show it? Their conscience bears witness and their conflicting thoughts either excuse them or accuse them. So, how does God judge? We'll look at, we'll review it. Okay, four, four, Five parameters, but let us look at four. First, he will judge according to truth. We looked at that. Hmm? Second, he will judge according to works. We looked at that. Third, he will judge without partiality. And the fourth, the most important, he will judge according to the light that you received. How will he judge? Mm. 
according to the light that you received. That is the reason why he says in Hebrews chapter 6, he says, if you were once enlightened, you've tasted the heavenly gift and the powers of the age to come. Okay. And uh, tasted the good word of God. Five things he enlists over there. If you fall away, to renew back to repentance is what? Ah, impossible. Impossible, impossible, impossible. You've been enlightened. Now, if you do not walk according to the light that you receive, let me tell you honestly, you know, if you do not receive, you do not um, walk according to the light that God has received, once God shows you light and he gives you light on something and you do not obey, the next stage is backsliding. doesn't matter which stage of spiritual life you are in. Understand that. So be very careful. Okay, and then especially when we are in our church, we've been given truth after truth after truth after truth after truth. It's dangerous. That is, this is, I'm not saying this, Baba. Let God be true and every man a liar. Look at what it says in Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has. Uh-huh. You see that? According to what one has and not according to the one that does not have. So, in, if, for example, if I read Psalm 1, God shows me six truths. And I say, hey, 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 you know, God showed me six truths. How many show, truths did he show you? Only three, let's say. Peter showed, Peter was shown three truths. God showed me six truths. Who's better? Nobody's better. If of the strict six truths that God had shown me, if I obey only two, I broke all six. Am I right? If on the other hand, Peter was shown only three and he obeyed all three, huh, who's better now? It is not the amount of light and understanding that you have, Baba. It is the obedience to the truths that God uh, requires from each one of us. Understand that? Mm-hmm. So, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. It's because we are all so 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 inquisitive and not, what do you say, we want, we are raring to go. This is what God showed me. This is what the Lord showed me. Hello, excuse me. If the Lord showed you, how much is your obedience? You see? Luke's Gospel chapter 12. Look at what it says. This is the, this is the parameter, principle. And that servant who knew his master's will. Mm-hmm. And did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. Now tell me, who will get more severe judgment? Christians who go to hell or Hindus who go to hell? Ah. They will be the closest to the hellfire. Whenever saying that thing only, I'm getting scared. (laughs) The, The Lord is actually convicting me. That is the reason why it says it was better for them not to have known the right the way of righteousness because it has happened to them according to the proverb. What is the proverb? Like the dog goes back to the vomit and like the pig goes back to the the swine goes back to the mire. It is better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Not after having known, not to practice it. Okay. So he says he who did not prepare himself the, 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 the focus is on the word prepare. Examination is easy for for those who are prepared all the time. And when do you prepare? Not one day batting. Every day. (laughs) Every day batting, no? Every day in the nets. I remember um, uh, BBS Lakshman, one of our our very famous test cricketers, for those people who do not know what test cricket is. He used to come to RRC grounds and uh, for his uh, jog, he finishes finishes his uh, rounds 
uh, in rsc grounds and he used to go to go back to gymkhana grounds those days he used to practice for 8 hours at a stretch bowlers bowling and bowling and bowling and those fellows are tired this fellow is not tired and his objective is is aim you know how he practices he should not miss even a single ball that is the reason why all in the overseas if you see all the overseas trips of india who was the one who rescued india from the old drums either it was sehwag or lakshman not even tendulkar okay look at the statistics okay that is the reason why there is a website called ihateganguli.com you know why because ganguli whenever he went out out of india he would never succeed all his success was dependent upon dravid and you should see the statistics statistics of the success of ganguli when dravid was a vice captain who was more successful as a batsman dravid and not ganguli anyway don't get upset all the bengalis <laughs> okay so this is a this is a problem you see you have to prepare you have to prepare yourself your preparation is important okay or do according to his will so pre- did not prepare himself did not do according to his will shall be beaten with in many stripes are given i don't know what what does those things are stripes is in italics baba will be beaten with many the implication is stripes we do not what, what we do not know what will what will uh, uh, be waiting for us there understand this so be very careful okay then it goes on but he who did not know yet com- committed these things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few why for every one to whom much is given ah uh, from him much will be required and to whom much has been committed of him they will ask the more so given and committed two things are given there are two words very important things which have been given into our hands things which have been committed to our hands to the things which have been committed to our hands we are required to be found faithful the things which are given given to our hands we are supposed to use them for the glory of god given and committed that is the reason why james will say james chapter 3 verse 1 my brothers let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive what a stricter judgment the kj will use the word greater condemnation in the in the greek it is mega condemnation a mega sale mega mega mela etc that time when you become a teacher and if you think that god has called you for teaching ask god lord first of all you know one of the things i this verse was very very clear for me that is the reason why i did not want to do the preaching ministry <laughs> honestly 1711 act i would say don't believe me go back and do your homework act 1711 what is act 1711 i'll be the berian so that my judgment will be less severe <laughs> and the onus is upon you you see that understand this we shall receive a stricter judgment because what has been given to you more light so therefore if this is the parameter with which god is going to judge us how should we live is a question am i right how should we live that is the title of today's teaching living according to light everybody say that this is not november 15th this is december 15th okay by the way back to the future if you have seen the movie back to the future 1986 mein that movie was you know which which future he was talking about 2022 that mean that means the back to the future movie also has become outdated now 
I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was really shocked because <laughs> the other was thinking Steven Spielberg Back to the Future. When was he? You're talking about 2022. It's already there. We are there now. We are in the future. In fact, what he thought about the future is nothing is there. I mean, in fact, we have become more advanced. <laughs> Understand this, okay? So, living according to light. Living according to how do we live according to light? No. There are two um, uh, metaphors uh, God um, Jesus uses in the uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. These two go together. You cannot separate these two. Okay, salt and light go together. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. So, how do we live according to the light? He explains it very clearly. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter five. Let us uh, read a few verses there and let's <clears throat> understand today's teaching. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing. It is good for nothing is a very strong phrase. You are good for nothing. Who is saying that? Jesus is saying that. If your mother says it's okay. <laughs> you are good for nothing. If your boss says it's still okay. If Jesus says, it's a done deal. See, a curse which is undeserving will not come to pass. But a curse which is deserving will come to pass. This is, that is the reason why you should tremble at God's word. What should you do? Mm, tremble. Tremble at God's word. If the trembling has reduced, <laughs> check your heart. <laughs> okay. It is then good for nothing. But to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by who will who's gonna trample you? Not God, men. Understand that. So the point is, what should we have? Salt. Right? We should be the salt. So what salt has two things, of course. Obviously, salt has two characteristics. Salt has two. What are the two characteristics of salt? One is it adds flavor. So you and I are supposed to be flavor to God so that the earth is presentable to God. You know, I was uh, reading this book Changing History Through Fasting and Prayer. Kya baat hai? By Derek Prince. Okay. Look at the title of the mis- uh, of the book. It's like fired up. Okay. My fasting and prayer is going to change the history. Kya baat hai? Okay. Ch- shaping actually. I think it's shaping history. Shaping history through fasting and prayer. And in the first verse, in the first chapter he talks about a fantastic example. He says he says one righteous man, or let's say 10 righteous people in Sodom, and imagine Sodom had a population of 1 million, or let's say not 1 million, 1 million is too much, 100,000 people. Hmm? 10 righteous men in 100,000 people are like salt. What will happen? God will stay his hand of judgment if he sees how many righteous people? 10. No, multiply it. Multiply it. So in order, in order for us to be, be ensure that we make our earth presentable to God, in other words, He will, He was not, He is not quick to judge, right? God is long suffering, and what is His what is His desire that none none should perish, but everybody should come to what repentance. That's His that's His desire. That's His heart's desire. So how do we, you and I, make our our earth presentable to God, rather than acceptable to God, by having flavor? And what is flavor? Salt. Salt gives flavor. And the second thing, what does it do? It delays decay. It does not stop decay. What does it do? It delays decay. So there's two things he's saying. Delay, so salt 
signifies two things. First thing, it makes our earth acceptable to God because of the presence of righteous people. That is the reason why when the church is taken away, when the restrainer is taken away, that's it. The earth is ripe for judgment. So, we should never come to the point in our lives, at least in our lifetime, say, Lord, let not the restrainer be taken away. Hmm? Mark 9. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if it loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with. So, how do we have salt? How do we have salt? As believers, how do we have salt? And Jesus gives a very simple, practical way, practical way, as to how we can have salt within ourselves. Okay, let us look at the three gospels. In every gospel is a context and a corresponding lesson. Luke's gospel chapter 14. <clears throat> Verse 25. Now great multitudes went with him. Great multitudes went with him. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. In other words, there should be a clear-cut distinction between the flesh and the spirit in your life in, in as far as your relationships are concerned. Very clear-cut distinction. What is flesh and what is spirit? And what is of the flesh, you're willing to cut off so that you can love them better. Okay. Spiritually meaning. In other words, I mean, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you should, you're not, you're not going to be cordial with them or you're not going to visit them or you're not going to go to their house. That is not what I'm saying. But there's something inside of you which, now you're not going to allow any transaction to happen between the flesh and the spirit. They are not going to influence you at all. Your decisions are not going to be made by the suggestions or the, or the counsel that they give. Understand that? Okay. Because everybody gives counsel. They will say, oh, this is the way to serve God. So you should be very careful. Is this the counsel of God or is it the counsel of man? Because why, why is he talking about this? Because everybody is around you trying to give counsel. Right? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. If you can read Proverbs chapter 25 and 21 verse 30. 21 verse 30 please. 21 verse 30. 21 30. Sorry. Read it loudly. Don't be ashamed. There is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. Understand this. There is no wisdom. There is no understanding. There is no counsel against the Lord. So be very careful. The Lord, so you should be very careful from where you are getting wisdom, from where you are getting understanding, and from where you are getting what? Counsel. Because in the multitude of counselors, godly counselors, there is safety. In the multitude of godly counselors, you, you have to wage war. And because it says, Christian life is a spiritual battle. Therefore he says, my dear brothers and sisters, as sojourners and pilgrims, what should you do? Abstain from fleshly lusts that war against your what? Against your soul. So in order to be successful in this war, you cannot have, you cannot be taking counsel from everybody. You should be very, very, very careful. Wisdom preaches from above. What is it? It is first pure, peaceable, etc. Full of good, willing to yield. It's got several, several attributes of the wisdom which is from above. But the wisdom that is from below is what? It's earthly. 
The word for sensual is very interesting. It is without the spirit. It is soulish. It is sokiko. It is of the soul. It is of the intellect. It is void of the spirit. And the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit of God. For they are spiritually discerned. It is earthly. It is sensual. And it is demonic. So be very, very careful. That is the reason why when you are saying, Oh, why should we separate? Because it is impossible not to have a relationship with a person and not to take their counsel. Somewhere or the other, something comes into their, comes into their uh, ears. Just imagine Moses. Moses, right? Moses, the most spiritual man, he had to take, he took the counsel of Jethro. Who asked him to take the counsel of Jethro? Why? Because he did not cut off. And Jethro says, hey, this is too much for you. Make 70 people. And what happens? Those 70 people will become the Sanhedrin which will crucify Jesus one day. Understand this. Very, very important. Counsel, counsel, counsel. That is the reason why he says, we are not, we are not saying that we should not love them. You should love them more. And only when you are in the spirit will you be able to love them, love them more. Because a spiritual man understands and judges all things and he himself is not correctly judged and rightly judged by any man. Understand that? Right? So, so, be very careful. Be very careful in your relationships. In from where you are hearing and what kind of a counsel you are receiving. Okay? So, Whose voice you are hearing. That is the reason why Jesus says, be very careful as to what you hear. Be very careful as to how you hear. And he says in Hebrews chapter 2, we must make more earnest attention to the things that we have already heard, lest we what? Drift away. And what will happen to us if we neglect such a great salvation? Understand these things. Therefore, these relationships are very important. And he goes on to say, look at what he says. Whoever does not bear his cross. What is cross talking about? He says, look at what Paul says. I am crucified, what? With Christ. I will not boast in anything except in the, in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I am cut off with anything which is of the world and of the flesh. And come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? Therefore, count the cost. It will cost you, my dear brothers and sisters. It is going to cost you. That is the reason why he says, buy from me counsel without money. But you should buy. So what are you supposed to do? Not with money, something else. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, there will be a cost. Look at what it says in Luke's cost. Chapter 14 and verse 33 onwards. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, cannot be my disciple. And then he says, salt is good. So how do you gather salt? Be very careful. Three things. Cut off all fleshly and worldly ties. Second, pick up your cross. Follow him. Not me. If I am following Jesus Christ, follow me. (laughs) If I am not following, don't follow me. Follow him. And be ready to pay the price. Salt is good. But if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? So there's a cost of discipleship. In other words, who are those people who are the salt of this world? They are the disciples of Jesus Christ. Everybody say that? Disciples of Jesus Christ. Go into all the world and make them. Make what? Disciples. Teaching them to obey. Everybody say obey. Obey all that have commanded. Not some. All. Behold, I am with you, even to the ends of the world. So who are these disciples? These are the people who have made a covenant with God. Look at what it says in Leviticus chapter 2 verse 13. And every offering of your grain offering, you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. It is a symbol of the covenant. There are 
new covenant believers. There are old covenant believers. There are no covenant believers also. That's the saddest thing in Christianity. They think they are in the new covenant. They are not in the new covenant. They think they are in the old covenant. They are not in the old covenant. Where are they? No covenant. It's called no man's land. Hyperspace. No covenant. They are committed to nothing. I've seen that. What are you committed to? Nothing. Covenant. It's very important. Numbers chapter 18 verse 19. And the holy offerings. Who is the holy offering? I am the holy offering. What does it say? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. How? Ha, holy and acceptable to God. This is what? Reasonable. Reasonable. Reasonable act of worship. In other words, if you are not doing this bare minimum, you are a useless fellow. In other words. This is a bare minimum. The holy offerings of the Israelites present to the Lord, I give to you and to your sons and daughters as a permanent statute. It is a permanent covenant of salt before the Lord for you and your offspring. Look at what it says in 2 Chronicles 13 verse 5. This is one of my favorite verses. Don't you know that the Lord, the God of Israel, has given the kingship of Israel to David and his descendants. Who are David and his descendants? We? (laughs) Heavenly David and his descendants forever by a what? In other words, only those people who have the salt of the covenant in their lives and who have salt in themselves, who have paid the price by sacrifice, will one day reign with Jesus. That is an everlasting covenant. That is the reason why, look at what it says in Psalm 50, one of your favorites, my, one of my favorite Psalms. Psalm 50 verse 5. Gather my saints. Gather my saints. He doesn't say the saints. Ah, my saints. Gather my saints together to me. I like that. Gather my saints together. Isn't it interesting? So you cannot have, how, how many have you taken one granule of salt? You can never pick it. Can you pick it? My saints together. That is the reason why it says together with the saints. We may be able to comprehend the depth and the length and the height and the width and the the four dimensions of the word of God, of the love of God. So gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. You see that? So if you have lost the salt, what does God do? Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 5. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Meaning what? God is going to hand over, hand you over so that you'll be trampled by all the other people around. That is the reason why one of the people who are severely judged are the people of God. You need to understand, no? When you, when we look at Jew, Jewish people and say, I am so grateful that you are a Jew. If you call that fellow like that and say, I'm, I'm so thankful to God that I met you as a Jew. And he said, please don't call me a Jew, okay? Be, for being a Jew, you know what we had to go through? Six million of our folk were slaughtered. We were under the severe judgments of God. Why did God do that? Because they lost their covenant with God. What did they do? They broke the covenant with God. It says, and I think it's in, it says in Numbers chapter thirty or 30, one of the one of the one of the chapters. I forget the verse. It says they broke the covenant with God by worshiping false god and idols, idolatry. That is the reason why it says friendship with the world is 
enmity with God. The salt loses its flavor. It's good for nothing and God is going to allow men to trample you. That's the... So what happened? So they were all trampled by men and they were scattered all around the world, right? And when they came back, what did they come back with? Is a question. Right? Let us see. Look at what they come back with. When they came back to rebuild Jerusalem and they wanted to reinstate their covenant with God, they want to say, Lord, we want to re again uh, reinstate. What is the other word? Hmm? No, not rebuke. Reinstate uh, or restore. Restore our covenant with God. Look at what it says in Ezra chapter 7. This is Artaxerxes. And I, even I, Artaxerxes, the king, issue a decree to all the treasurers who are in the region beyond river that whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of God of heaven, who's giving this? The Gentile king is giving. Okay? May require of you, let it be done diligently. Hmm? Up to 100 talents of silver, 100 cores of wheat, 100 baths of wine, 100 baths of oil, and kya baath hai? Salt without prescribed limit. Kya baath hai? So what are they coming back to do? No. Restore and reinstate their covenant with God. And say, Lord, we have lost our salt. Lord, bring back the salt into our lives. Bring back the salt into our lives. Okay. So, whatever is commanded by God of heaven, let it diligently be done for the house of God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? <laughs> the same king who trampled Jerusalem, who trampled Jerusalem and who trampled the children of God, after 70 years of captivity is over, what is happening? Because of the prayer and the faithfulness of God's people, a few of the remnant of God's people, not all, only a few were stirred by the Spirit of God. What did they do? They prayed and they fasted. They sought the face of God and they said, Lord, we broke the covenant. Oh Lord, have mercy upon your people. And what happened? When God saw that, he said, you know what? The salt is coming back now. He says, salt without limit. Salt without limit. Okay. So that is salt, the salt part. So salt part, so what does Jesus say? You uh, let, let your words be what? Full of grace, seasoned with salt. So, okay. so when it's seasoned with salt, it's tasty and it's also very bitey. Okay. Words are tasty and words are bitey also. Yeah, when you put salt water in your room, what will happen? It's a pleasant experience. No, right? <laughs> that is the reason why preaching of the word of God it should be full of grace, seasoned with. No, oh, it's somewhere it has to burn. If it is not surifying, if it is not iodine, if there is no tincture, they used to call it tincture iodine. No? Those days when they used to put it in the wound, oh my God, we used to shout for our lives. Now we have what is that stupid uh, Savlon nonsense? No. <laughs> no, there is that avoidance of pain. <laughs> that is how this generation is full of avoidance of pain and pursuit of pleasure. Hmm? Anyway, so time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. Therefore, he says, as lo- as much as long as you have time, take every opportunity to to teach the word of God, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering, reprove with all long suffering. Okay. Good. Let's move on now. That's the second attribute. What is the first metaphor he uses? He uses a salt metaphor. The second metaphor he uses is uses the light metaphor. Now, how should we live? We should live in accordance to the light that we have received. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. You are the light of the world. What are you? I know. Look at this. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So think about this, my dear brothers and sisters. Can you hide light? You can't. 
So in other words, let me tell you something. The moment you become a believer, your light has to shine. In other words, your life will be under tremendous scrutiny. We'll be observing you. Neighbors, your flesh and blood, who are not spirit, your church, your pastor, everybody. <laughs> you cannot hide it. Oh, let me have this hidden life. No, it's not possible. That is secret life is different. That is righteous acts. These are good works. In English, in Telugu, it's very interesting. Dharma kriyalu, manchi kriyalu. Okay. Sorry. My mobile phone, I think, is buzzing. It's not, it's not okay. All right. You are the light of the world. You, the city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, you cannot hide. You will be, you will be a target of the world, your flesh and blood, and the powers of darkness. Be very careful. Alright. So, you cannot hide. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But where do they put it? But on a lampstand. So, what happened to the church in Ephesus? It was about to lose its light. That's the point. God was saying, I'm going to come and take away the lampstand. So, how do you practice light? By expressing, faith expressing itself through Love. And what did they lose? What is that? The passionate love for God. And passionate love for others. See, the in the spirit you have compassion. In the soul you have sympathy. What is that? In the spirit you have compassion. In the soul you have sympathy means, this is, you know, I'm sympathizing with you, meaning, yo, what happened to you, Ray? Papam. That is, what is sympathy? That is self-pity. I'm actually coming and, uh, in fact, uh, strengthening your self-pity state, condition. Actually strengthening your pride. What is compassion? I'm going to help you. But brother, this is not how we are supposed to live. I'm going to help you in your situation. But you know what? Okay, you're having a problem with issue with your, with your with your finances. You're going through a tremendous need. Okay, I'm going to help you. But I'm not just going to make you dependent upon me. The Bible says, he who stole, let him steal, let him not steal any longer, but let him work hard so that he has something to give away. So what does compassion do? He equips you. He helps you. And he equips you. And what did Jesus have? He had compassion and not sympathy. Understand this. Okay. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. And how does how does the lampstand supposed to burn? What is the lampstand supposed to show? How do you come to the place where you actually become a lampstand? First of all, you have to pass what we call as the brazen altar. Right? Brazen altar. And what do you do at the brazen altar? You offer sacrifices that will be, that will make you make sure that you have peace with God first and peace with man. Okay, having been justified by faith, you have peace with God. That is what you do. You restore your relationship with God. In other words, you restore your covenant, covenantal relationship with God and your covenantal relationship with man. And the second stage you go through is you wash yourself at the what? At the bronze labor, seeing yourself in the mirror of the word of God and allowing the mirror of the word of God show you what you are in your soul and in your spirit and in your body and cleansing and taking appropriate action. And then what do you do? And then what do you do? You enter into what we call as the holy place. In the holy place, first of all, there is a covering. What is there? Hmm. Without a covering, there is no holy place. Understand that. Pai Kappu, Telugu. 
Four kinds of coverings are given. I'm not going to go into the details of that. In one of the teachings, we discussed that. And in that, there's a table of shoe bread, an altar of incense, and a lampstand into which what is being poured? Continuous anointing is being poured. In other words, there's a lampstand which is under the authority of anointed teaching, which is burning inside. And what is it shedding its light on? It's shedding its light on the bread of life, the life of Jesus Christ. So what is he saying? What is he saying? If you want to become a lampstand, what are you supposed to be? So first of all, you're, you're supposed to be a person who has made his peace with God and with man. Every day. It happens every day. And you're supposed to be a person who has allowed the mirror of God to show you what you actually are and you have t- taken appropriate action. You have cleansed yourself by the washing of the water by the word. And then what do you do? You enter into what we call as a holy place and in the holy place you want to shed the light on the life of Christ. What do you ha- what should you have? You should have the anointing oil that you come under the anointed teaching of the word of God continuously so that your light will shine. Otherwise, you will not happen. You will not have any light. Okay? Understand this. These are all very simple, important principles which, are, which we have been reinstating over and over again. But sad to say, many people don't take it to heart. Unfortunately. Okay? So, it gives light to all that are in the house. It gives light to not some, but all. Who's that all? In your own family first. First year, my wife should say, okay, five days of fasting, you're better than what you were first, <laughs> the first day of fasting. Can you just say? Your light is shining, you're a little more loving, you're a little more humble. You get less irritated. Actually, you know what? How fasting irritates you, right? Little sound here and there, you get irritated. But actually, after a while, when you get used to it, you know what? You get supernatural power. You will really experience the Bible verse, man shall not, what? You want to experience that? Fast. You'll enjoy it. Supernatural strength only. I'll tell you something. I slept three hours last night. 2.15 pastors send the <laughs> devotion in the morning. 2.15 in the morning. I slept while sitting actually. I didn't sleep the whole night because I couldn't sleep. S- sitting like that. Just like that. No, you, you don't feel as if I'm tired, right? Do you see any tiredness in my face? No. Man shall not live by. Mm-hmm. So it gives light to all that are in the house. All. And it cannot be hidden. Okay, they might say all kinds of things to you. Why are they saying? Because light is shining. If light is not shining, will they have anything to say? Nothing. Praise God to those people who have nothing to say. Praise God, God. Praise the devil. Understand that? Okay? So, goes on to say, look at what it says. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your God. So, how do we live? According to light. So that is exactly what, what, we, what we are supposed to, we are called to be. What are we supposed to, we are called to be? We are called to shine the light on the life of Jesus Christ, right? First Peter chapter 2, we'll say this. Can I just switch on the AC if you don't mind? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. For his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies, excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
So how do you live as light? By proclaiming the excellencies of him who brought you out of darkness. So through your life, what should be proclaimed? The excellencies of God. The majesty of God. The attributes of God should be flowing through your life. That's the idea. But in order for us, for this to happen, what you should do? First, you have to come into the light, right? That's the first step. You have to come into the light. Whatever that light you have, you have to come into it. Okay? And that is progressive. Initially, I had little, little light. I get into that light. When God gives me more light, I get into that more light. That means less of the power of darkness over the influence of the powers of darkness in my life and more of the power of light and more of the kingdom of light that is out of the kingdom of, the, of, of Jesus Christ which is being manifested in my life, right? So what, look at what it says in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Giving thanks unto Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints where? In the light. You see that? You meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. What is the kingdom? It is the kingdom of light. So when you come into the kingdom of light, what you receive first? No, 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 no. You receive light about yourself. So when you receive light about yourself, what, should, what, what happens to you? You feel, oh my goodness, what am I, Lord? In your eyes, what am I? So what do you need? Now look at what it says. In whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of your sins. So the moment we come into the light, what happens? We receive forgiveness. So who is a person who is emanating light? What is happening? He is increasingly getting forgiven of his sins. Because God is showing more and more and more in his own life. I'll tell you something. What you fought in 2020 and what you fought in 2021 should be completely different. Understand? Even the forgiveness of sins. So the first thing you need is forgiveness. So how do you receive forgiveness of sin? It says, if we confess, right? But how do you get to that point? Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 3. And this is the condemnation. God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world. And this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world. And men, what? They loved darkness rather than light. So let me tell you something. You cannot become, you cannot shine as light for God unless and until you hate the darkness inside of you. If you love your darkness, there's no, there's no hope. If you love your sin, if you love your pleasure, and if you are in, that is the reason why it says a, a woman or rather a widow who is given out to, given over to pleasure is what? Is dead while she is Living. She's dead while she's living. So this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved. They have this agape, unconditional kind of love towards darkness. It's so difficult, right? For people to forsake their sin. They love it. And God has to bring us to the point where we will hate our sin and we'll cry out to God. That is the reason why if you read Psalm 107, sinners, because of their foolishness, transgress against the Lord. And he chastised them, it says. It became, uh, what's that? Chains of iron, chains of brass. And in their distress, what did they do? They cried out to the Lord. When they cried out to the Lord, he sent forth his word in Psalm 107 verse 20 and healed them of their disease. Oh, let men give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and his mercy towards the children of men. Why did they, uh, why did they get bad health? Because of transgression. Fools, it says, because of transgression. So, you should hate it. 
So for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. But look at what it says. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Understand that? So bring it. Bring it to the light. Forsake it. Say, Lord, this is what I am. Forsake. Sorry. Confess. Forsake. And walk with the Lord. Therefore, therefore it says, he who hides his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes his sin, what does he obtain? Mercy. Otherwise, he who follows after worthless idols, uh, will forsake their own mercy. Understand that? So, Ephesians chapter 5 will say, look at what it says. It's one of the most powerful verses. <clears throat> Next verse. For years sometimes darkness. But you are. what are you right now? You are light where? In the Lord. So when, when are you going to shine as light for the, for the Lord? As long as you are in the Lord. And what, what will happen to you? As long as you are in the Lord, what, what will you do? You will walk. Underline that word in, the, uh, in your Bible, the word walk, which will we'll come, to, come back to that in a while. Okay. Walk as children of light. And verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is what many translations will use the word, but actually the, it's a fruit of light. It's a fruit of light. So, of course, the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, providing what is acceptable to God. Therefore, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now, look at this. Darkness has what? Excuse me. Darkness has something here in this. Something is mentioned in term, in in in, uh, in connection with darkness. Works. Thank you so much, Sammy. Bang on. And what is mentioned in terms of light? No, 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 no. Fruit. You see that? Okay. Darkness, you have works which are unfruitful. In light, you have walk which you, which produces fruit. You see that? So you have works unfruitful. Works in darkness which are unfruitful. Walk in light which you produce fruit. Understand this principle. So what does it mean? That is the reason why the word walk is mentioned. Walk talks about what we call as relationship. Can two walk together unless they are what? In a relationship. Agreed, Matlab? In a relationship. No. Relationship chahiye. Fruit ke liye. Otherwise you will be working and working and working and working. Nothing is going to come out. It has to be your nature, right? So, proving what is acceptable to God and have no fellowship with the, with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Therefore, it says, it is the works of darkness and the fruit of light. Again, you see the principle all the time, everywhere. Galatians chapter 5. Now the, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh. All these things I mentioned, okay? But the fruit of the spirit. So what should you do? You should walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. What should you do? You should walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So you have a walk which will produce fruit and you have works which will, unfruitful works of darkness they become. Unfruitful works of darkness. So walking is of the spirit, working is of the flesh. Notice this. Walking, sorry, walking is of the spirit and working is of the flesh. Therefore, God will not accept Ishmael because it is a work of flesh. So what is God going to accept? A fruit by as a result of walking where? In the light. We'll come to that. Okay, keep this point in your mind. Okay. Bookmark there. Bookmark there in your mind. 
We'll come to that. Very important principle. Ephesians chapter 5. For it is shame even to speak of those things which are done in secret. But all things are reproved, which are reproved, are made manifest by light. That is the reason why reproofs of instruction should become what? Uh, a way of your life. Every day you should be reproved by somebody or the other. And what should you do? Yes, I accept this about myself. Thank you very much for reproving me. Okay? And if you are in a position of fasting, you are very, very in a very good condition to accept reproof. Okay? Because fasting has made you what? Hopefully, humble. Okay? See, all these things are such a fantastic benefits of fasting, no? Beautiful benefits of fasting. So, enjoy it. Okay, then. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by light. For whatsoever that make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake, you who are sleeping, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So, those who are in the flesh are doing what? They are sleeping, and they are dead. They have a reputation that they are alive, but they are sleeping, and they are dead. By the way, I was looking at this. Wherefore he saith, and it's in commas, inverted commas. I was wondering, where is it said? Where is it said? Where is it said? I was trying to search the, the concordances whether it's a quotation from the Old Covenant. Apparently, it is not a quotation from the Old Covenant. It was a song which was being sung by the church in Ephesus. One of the stanzas of a hymn that they used to sing. That is the reason why he says, singing to one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And one of the stanzas is this. Songs and hymns. So they had their own hymnal. And one of the stanzas is, Awake. So even Paul quoted from hymns. So I will also quote from hymns. Okay. <laughs> okay. But by the way, by the way, Philippians chapter 2, the entire thing, no, he made himself of no reputation. It's a hymn. It's a confession of the church. Yeah. It's in inverted commas. Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Okay, so awake. So how do you do it? Produce fruit. How are you dead? When you are in the flesh and if you are living for your pleasure, you are dead. And if you do not constantly judge yourself in the light of God's word, what will happen to you? You will sleep. Who said that? Paul said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Because you have taken taken part of the table of the Lord in an unworthy manner. Therefore, many of you are what? Sick, weak, sick, and many of you have fallen asleep. By the way, the word for sleep and dead is the same. The same uh, root Greek word. Let's move on. <clears throat> For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are children in the Lord. So what should you do? You should walk as children of light. Understand this. We should walk. It is a walk. That is God is that is God is that is that is that's what God is looking for. It is walk because when two are in a relationship, they agree, they start walking with each other. Okay, that is what walk means. Walking with means what? Walking with God means what? Having this fantastic fellowship and relationship with the with God. And we will see that. We will see that. How scripture is so clear, so precise. Walk as a children of light. Galatians chapter 5, same principle. I say, verse 16, 516, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the deeds of the flesh. So, how do you manifest light? By walking in the light. How do you manifest light? By walking in the light. So, when you walk in the light, what happens? 1 John chapter 1. Again, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 onwards. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, what do we have? We lie and do not practice the truth. So, walking and having fellowship, they are connected with each other. Unless, until you have fellowship with me, unless you abide in me, you will not be able to bear fruit at all. You see that? So what is, what is, the, for people to see 
that we are the light of the world. What should we produce? We should produce the fruit of light. And what is a pro- what is a produce of the fruit of light? It is all goodness and righteousness and truth. What is it? All goodness, all righteousness and truth. That means your righteousness has to increase. Your goodness has to increase. That is the reason why it says Jesus was filled by the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and he went about doing good. That is a fruit of light. Because you've been anointed by the Holy Spirit, you're walking in the light, you're having a relationship with God. What is happening? The goodness of God, the divine nature of God. You're being made partakers of the divine nature. You're escaping the corruption which is in the world through lust. And what is happening on the on, in the process? You're doing good to everybody. Everybody. Especially to the household of faiths. And what is it, what are you increasing? You're increasing in righteousness and you're increasing in truth. Means what? God is able to give you more light. So you, you literally become a Levite. What is what are the Levites supposed to have? He's supposed to have urine and thumin and to the light that he has got, he is obtaining perfection and is growing in truth and is growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is the reason why Peter says in first second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, grow in the grace of God and grow in the knowledge of God. This is the light. Because what is what is the opposite of light? Darkness, which is nothing but ignorance. And why do people perish? Because of lack of knowledge. Asatoma, Sadgamaya. Tamasoma means ignorance. Jyotirgamaya. Jyoti. Jyoti means light. Tamasoma means andakaram, means in darkness, in ignorance. Mrutyorma amrutangamaya means I am in the, in the, in the, in the grip of death. Please give me amrutam means eternal life. Om shanti, shanti, shanti. If I have this, then I'll have, hmm, shanti, shanti. Okay. Shanti means peace. Okay. Not the name of a girl. Okay. Shanti means peace. <laughs> okay, not the, not even the name of the song. Okay, if we have fellowship, we have what is that? We have fellowship, fellowship with Him. And what increases in our lives? Goodness increases. What increases? Righteousness increases. And what increases? Truths increases. Not law, truths. And what does truth set you? Sets you free. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Otherwise. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And what will happen? The blood of Jesus Christ is cleansing us from all sin. But then, again, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Means what? He is making us more and more and more righteous. You see that? All these things coming together. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. So, the entire walk, I mean, entire process of bearing this fruit of light is determined by our walk with the Lord. So, how do we walk with the Lord? We have been looking at it in several contexts. Let us come back to it again and look at three examples, two examples which we have already looked at and one very important example as to how the third person walked in the light and he grew in righteousness and in truth and in goodness. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good? You see that? Because the fruit of light is what? All goodness and all righteousness. So, oh man, what is good? That you should, what, are the, what does the Lord require of you? That you should do justly. That is righteousness. That you should love mercy. That is goodness. Right? Lord is good. How do you know the Lord is good? Because he has not dealt with us after our sins. Not, not as rewarded as according to our Iniquities. That is the reason, that is the reason why we say, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Praise God. And then the third thing, to walk humbly with our God. So, when you, when you look at walk, 
how many people can, uh, can you uh, name in the Bible who walked with the Lord? We know very much, very well. First example is Enoch. Enoch was 24, so many years, and verse 24 says, Enoch walked with God. How did Enoch walk with God? It says, Enoch walked with God by faith. By faith, Enoch was translated. So his walk resulted after a translation from life to death. Sorry, death to life. That he should not taste death. And was not found because God had translated him. But before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now look at this one verse, that three translations that I mentioned. How many translations? Three translations. First translation. The first translation you'll see if you read the entire book of Genesis, this person died, 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 this person died. But Enoch was translated. That means he escaped death. That is the reason why Jesus says, if you believe in me, you have eternal life and you have crossed over from Death to life. That is what we call as escaping the penalty of sin. That is exactly what happened to Enoch. Enoch is a type of believer who escaped the penalty of sin. And Enoch was a type of believer who was also ready to get raptured. That means he was ready to get raptured, meaning he was going to escape what? The presence of sin. But before he escaped the presence of sin, he had a testimony that he pleased God and therefore he was translated. How did he come to the point where he could escape the presence of sin? Because he overcame the Power of sin. You see that? Three things in Enoch's life. In one verse. Translated, translated, translated. That is how we walked with God. How did he walk with God? Overcoming sin every day. That is the reason why it says in 1 John chapter 2, I write these things to you, my dear brothers, so that you may not sin. What is the whole purpose of, of instruction? Please, overcome sin now. Please, no. But if you sin... We have an advocate. That's okay. That's different. But the whole things have been written to you so that you will overcome sin. And what is the promise? The promises of God is, a, is, is an expression of the will of God. The promises of God are an expression of the will of God. What is the expression of the will of God? You, for sin shall not have dominion over you because you are no longer under law but under grace. That means what? You should be overcoming sin. And how do you overcome sin? God be thanked. Even though you were once slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you have been delivered to. And having been set free from sin, you became what? Slaves of righteousness. You see that? So Enoch is a type of a believer who is ready for rapture. Why was he ready for rapture? Because he escaped the penalty of sin. He escaped the power of sin. And in escaping the power of sin, what is he doing? He's I mean, every area of his life is bringing under the authority of God. More and more and more and more of God, uh, of light is being shown into his life and he's becoming one with God. The light of God is shining through him and one day God says, you know what? We are both one now. The fruit is ripe. The fruit of light is ripe now. You're ready for rapture. What, what do we call as? Rapture. And he was raptured. Another believer. Who's the other believer who, who walked with God? Excuse me? Yeri Baba. Noah, no, see, GTC. This is Genesis chapter. So, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. This is about uh, Enoch. Mm, he was a person who walked with God and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of him that seeks him diligently. So, what was the one thing that Enoch sought? He sought God diligently. He sought God diligently. That is how he walked with God. He sought God diligently. So that is the reason why 
When we are going through this period of fasting, what are we doing? We are seeking the face of God through fasting and prayer and pray and prayer and reading and meditation, not wasting our time, cutting off all other things. So somebody was saying, no, if I can't fast from food, I can fast for something else. So let me tell you something. If you cannot fast from food, you cannot fast from anything else. From practice, I'm telling you. At least to the best of my knowledge. This is the empirical data I have. From the laboratory called Vijay Dagota. If you have some contrary labs, please let me know. I, I will not. If you cannot stop your belly, you cannot stop your iPhone and your MacBook. It's all connected with here. Because the God is your mm, his belly. If this is stopped, everything else will stop automatically. Yeah. <laughs> Young people know, learn to fast, Baba. Learn, 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 learn at this time. If you cannot, you will not be able to overcome sin. Let me tell you something. Straight up. Straight up. And God has given this opportunity. Somebody was asking me, why are you going? What an opportunity. When will they get this opportunity again? Corporate fast. Everybody is accountable to one another. Everybody knows. Okay. If you have eaten or not eaten. If you cannot, if you cannot walk, I mean, fast with everybody watching over you. Will you fast when nobody is watching you? No, 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 I will fast in secret later on. What are you saying? You cannot pass fifth grade, you are talking about PhD. Understand that? Okay, 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 okay. No problem. <laughs> Let us move on. Genesis chapter 6. Another person who walked with God and produced fruit. What is that person? Who is that person? We are talking about Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We looked at uh, Enoch in a, in a fantastic study of the class of Enoch. Okay, it's there, uh, already there in our uh, website. You can go and enjoy yourself. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man because he found grace in the Lord grace from God, the fruit of grace. So what is grace? The spirit of God. The spirit of light. The spirit of light. This, it's, it's essentially he received that light from God. He received grace from God. And what happened? Immediately that grace that he received started producing fruit. What is the pr- fruit that it started producing? It produced what is called as righteousness. And second, second thing it, call, it produced what we call as completeness or perfection. Perfection. See, one of the things that you need to understand, God is a God who gives attention to detail. There's no autocorrect. Right, Sami? <laughs> he who has technical ears, let him hear. <laughs> okay. Noah is a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And he begot Sam, Shem, Ham, Japheth, etc. Now look at this. Verse 22. How do you know that Noah walked with God? What is the proof? Genesis, Genesis chapter 6 verse 22. Noah did according to all. Everybody say all. All that God commanded him. So he did. Period. Very emphatic. After Gutfeld's show. There's one period. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> Every time he finishes his monologue, there's a period. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, he did exactly according to the, all that he was commanded. Period. And because God saw everything that he did, exactly as he was commanded, look at the commendation that God gives him. Genesis chapter 7 verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous. Where? 
Ah, where was he walking? He was walking in the light and he was a light to his generation. He condemned the world because he was a light to his generation. He walked before me. The word for me is in my presence, before my face, before my countenance, before my light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my right hand. Of whom shall I fear? Have you seen you are righteous before me in this generation? That is exactly what we are called to be. We are called to be righteous before God in his generation. That is a fruit. That is a fruit. What is the fruit? All goodness, all righteousness, all truth. So, the, the summary statement of Noah, Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of the things not seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So, seven things. That is the reason why he's called. What is his generations? What is he called? Noah is called Dash in his generation. Perfect in his generation. Why? Because he stayed in the place of warning. Second, he had a vision of the unseen. The seen is what? Temporary and the unseen is what? Eternal. So you looked at this perfect man. If you go want to understand the of the class of Noah, there's a there's a teaching called the perfect man. The perfect man on our website. You can go and see it. I've seen this over and over again. He was moved with what fear? Godly fear. And what did he do? He didn't stay calm. He prepared an ark. He went to work. Okay, he prepared an ark. He saved his household, whereas Lot lost his household. Both are called what? Righteous. One was a preacher and the other was professor. There's a difference. <laughs> what is the preacher? What is the preacher of righteousness? The other is a professor of righteousness. Okay. All the professors. Hmm? Then verse 6. Because of this, he condemned the world. As a light he shone. And then what did he do? He became an heir. He became a mature, complete believer so that God could now entrust his property, his heritage to him. Because as a child, if you are, as long as you are a child, God will not give you, not be able to give you what? His inheritance. You are still a child. But he became heir. So again, this teaching is also there. So the third person we were, we are going to look at. Who, who is the other person who walked with God? Exactly. Abraham. Abraham walked with God. And when did he walk with God? It's very significant. Okay. Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. <clears throat> the rest of the teaching is about Abraham. Five aspects of walking with God in the light. Walking with God in the light. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Actually, the KJV will use the word perfect. Am I right, Peter? KJV uses the word perfect. 17.1. If I'm right. Okay, you can check it. It says, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. When did God appear appear to him? When he was 99 years old. God appeared to him. And what did he ask him? He asked him to walk before him. Meaning what? Walk in his light. Walk in his light. Walk before me. Walk as if I'm watching you. Walk in my light now. And be blameless, be perfect. And when he received this counsel or this exhortation from God, how did it radically change his life? Is the question. What are the consequence, consequent fruit of light that he, that he produced as a result of his walk with the Lord after he received the exhortation from God? Is the point. Did you get that? Everybody? So let us see. 
Old Testament gives a capsule, New Testament unwraps it. So unwrap this in New Testament. Romans chapter 4. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Since he was how many years old now? Ah, this is, this is after he got this revelation that you should, I mean, rather, uh, this counsel or exhortation from God that he should walk before God and be blameless. This is exactly, this is exactly the coordinates to which Paul is zeroing in on to understand what happened to Abraham after he received that exhortation from God. Okay? Since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that he who had promised him, he also was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So, let us see five aspects of a result of the exhortation from God that you should walk in the light and be perfect. Okay? What are the first five aspects? First, he did not allow the facts to influence his faith. First thing. Second, he did not waver at the promise of God. Second. Third, he became strong in faith. Fourth, he focused on God's glory. Fifth, he abandoned himself on the faithfulness of God and on the power of God. Five. And after he did all these five things, what was, he called? What was it called? It was accounted to him for Righteousness. That means what was, what was he growing in? He was growing in goodness and he was growing in righteousness and he's also growing in truth. The fruit of light. Understand? He did not allow facts to influence his faith. He did not waver in the promise. I'm, I'm going to call facts as signs, okay? He did not allow signs to influence his faith. Logic, signs, all that is nonsense. Because a revel- revelation trumps everything. So let us see how we will apply all these aspects in our own life so that we will grow in light and we will shine as light in this world because God will judge us according to the light. So if you want to be people who will be blameless according to the light that we have received, we have to do these five things. Understand this, okay? Romans chapter 4. First thing, he did not allow facts to influence his faith. He did not allow facts to influence his faith. Meaning what? He was very careful as to what he was listening to. There may, there may be so many facts about anybody, everybody, you know, we, we are, it's like fact, gathering facts is like gathering statistics. Statistics of Sachin Tendulkar, Rafa Nadal, huh? Ah, all the statistics. My dad used to make a famous statement, Vijay, statistics are lies. I agree with him. Hmm. All statistics are <laughs> lies. <laughs> <laughs> we, used to have, we used to have a subject called statistical signal processing. That means lying signal processing. Okay. To be more precise. Huh? <laughs> All the electrical engineers will be offended when I say that statement. Make that statement. Okay, no problem. Okay, it's fine. Look at what it says in First Timothy chapter 6. How Paul wants Timothy. Paul wants Timothy. First Timothy chapter 6. If you want, if you want not to shipwreck your faith, what are you supposed to do? 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20 onwards. And I'm quoting it from the KJV. KJV is fantastic. Look at what it says. Oh, Timothy. I mean, it's like, you know what? He's writing, he's coming to the end of it. This is last verse of his final, I mean, the first letter, okay? He's like, ah, Timothy. 
Babu Timothy Nana Timothy. Okay. Babu Naina. Okay. You know, it's called Arthanadam. Okay. Babu Timothy. Okay. Oh Timothy. Keep that which is committed to thy trust. And what did I commit to you? The doctrine and the life that you received from me. What did you receive from me? The doctrine and the life that you received from me. Put it and guard it with your life. That is the reason why it says in Jude, we must what contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered. Guard it. It has been, it has been entrusted into your hands. Do not take it lightly because this is what is going to stand, uh, keep you in good standing in eternity. Okay. So keep that which is committed to the trust. Avoid profane. Meaning what is profane? Profane is just not four letter words. Profane is making all the holy things, make, making them as what? Common. What did Nadab and Abihu offer to God? Profane fire. Common. Meaning what? Don't get entangled with commonalities. Common things. You've been separated to God. You've been set apart for God. You're holy to God. And it, we know from Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 22, if any man cleanses himself of the later, he will be a holy vessel prepared for God for every good work. So, what should you do? Avoid profane. Meaning, these are profane means commonalities. Vain babblings. What is vain babblings? That which has no spiritual substance at all. And I'm telling you, so much of our conversations are useless, vain babblings. There is no exhortation. There is no edification at all. And after the, after we finish our conversation, people feel bad about it. The conversation is over. Oh, sorry, brother, if I hurt you. Sorry, brother, if you hurt What are you doing, Baba? You should say, thank you, brother. We had this conversation. That is fantastic. Absolutely, right? <laughs> profane, profane, vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. What is it? Science, Baba. What are you going to do with science? Jesus walked on water. There goes the science. Science. He came through walls. Science go over. Oh, we fought. I mean, we fished all night. Uh, just put your, cast your net on the other side. What are you saying? We are professional fishermen. We got a doctorate from, in fishing from uh, University of Tel Aviv. But according to your word, I shall cast it. And what happens? He's shocked at the catch of the fish. And you know what he says? Immediately, he says, Lord, please depart from me. I'm a sinner. You know what? I doubted your word. I doubted your word. I'm a man of unbelief. Please, Lord, forsake. Please, get away from me. Science falsely so-called. I'm telling you so much. There's so much of nonsense doctrine. <sighs> I think Brother Kiran was telling me about some stupid cult. And you know what they say in that cult? Oh, don't check the internet for our teachings. And for the opinions about our teachings. Why should we not check your internet? Why should we not check your internet? Why should you not? You'll come to that later on. Which some professing have. What? 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 Erred. Erred concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. What should, why should grace be with you? So that you will not uh, waste your time in profane and vain babblings and in oppositions of science falsely so-called. And don't err from the faith, please. Don't err from the faith. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction. Look at that. He, eth, he is in the way of life that keepeth 
instruction. But he that refuseth reproof, what does he do? What happens to him? He erreth. Okay. So, the deposit, the scriptures, the, the revelation of the scriptures. Take, keep a fantastic guard on that. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 22 verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, you do err. Why? Not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Those do two things you don't know. You don't know the scriptures, you don't know the power of God. No, it's not that you know the scriptures and, the, and not the power of God. Not that you know the power of God and you know the scriptures. If you do not know the scriptures, you don't have power. Period. Because only scriptures cannot be broken. According to John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 35. Am I right? So they will say, you know what, all these false things. Oh, don't check our interpretation. No, no. See, everything is there on the internet. You can check and criticize. We are not afraid of criticism. If we are making mistakes, we will make corrections because it's not about us. It's not a word anyway. There's no copyright. The copyright is this. And he says, freely I receive, freely you enjoy. Look at what he says in Second Peter chapter 1. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of, is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, including David, who was called a holy man of God with all his frailties and with all his fallible nature. What he inspired was still, what still became what? Scripture. Scripture. It still became scripture. Still become scripture. Now think, think about it. How can scripture inspired by fallible men become scripture? And, and God says this is scripture cannot be broken. Logical question. Logical question. Answer is very simple. Okay. Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 12 verse 6. Look at what it says in Psalm 12 verse 6. The words of the Lord are, what, what words? Pure words. As silver tried in a furnace purified seven times. So every word that came out from the man of God was he went through suffering, purification, cleansing. And so how many times was he was he cleansed? Seven times. Seven is a number of the Holy Spirit and seven is also a number of what? Perfection and completion. How many eyes of the Spirit do you have? Seven eyes of the Spirit. How many offices are other uh, uh, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? We have seven characteristics of the Holy Spirit. So what has happened? He was cleansed by the Holy Spirit and with fire. And what has happened? What is coming out of him are pure words. That is the reason why in, uh, sorry, this is Second Chronicles. Oh, shocks. I'm sorry. So, so sorry. Second Corinthians. Thank you so much. Chapter 4. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, yeah. Chapter 4. Is it there? Yeah. Actually, I'm going to just uh, make the PDF and you can put it there again, okay? Yeah, it's slide number 62. It's there. Hmm? Sorry. So, look at what it says. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. What did he say? Light to shine out of darkness. Has shined in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of Jesus Christ. Look at the word light keep being mentioned over and over again. In the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure where? In earthen vessels. So how, how, did we, how did we get this treasure? How did we get this treasure? This earthen vessel was tried and purified. How many times? Seven times it became pure words now. And it became so pure that God said, you know what? Whatever Paul says, it becomes. It becomes. 
scripture it becomes according to first peter second peter chapter 3 verse 17 as our beloved brother paul also writes in many of his letters and all these un- what is it what is it unstable men twist it as they twist the other what scriptures so he's equating the letters of paul to scripture understand this so if you want to become a man of god what will happen to you nicely you will try it will be tried perfectly not seven times not only seven times until complete completion happens in your life Okay, so the first thing, what is it? He did not allow facts, meaning he had his doctrine straightened up. First thing, he did not allow facts to influence faith because faith is dependent upon doctrine. All these signs and all these vain things, he did not allow that. Second thing, he did not waver in the promise of God. What did he not do? He did not waver. That means he was stable. He had stability in his life. By this time, by the time he was 99 years old, he became stable. But thank God. At least by 99, he became stable. Hmm? Matthew chapter 21 verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and do not doubt, that is the word for doubting is waver, you shall not only do this, which, I, which has been done for the victory, but also if you shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. He did not waver. What does wavering mean? James chapter 1 will explain this in much detail. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have it. What work? Perfect work. Because walk before me and be thou perfect, right? That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to you. But let him ask in faith without what? Doubting. Without doubting. So what did Abraham not do? He did not doubt like Eve. You remember? Doubt leads to disbelief. Disbelief leads to deception. Uh, deception and deception leads to disobedience. That order, if I'm right. So, he did not doubt. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and Tossed by the wind, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and he is unstable in all the ways. That is the reason why doctrine is taught. So that we become perfect man and we will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the craftiness and the cunning of men, it says in Ephesians chapter 4. Hmm? So, Two things we looked at. What is that first thing? He did not allow the facts to influence his faith. He did not waver in the promise of God. He did not doubt. On the contrary, he became what? Strong in faith. Strong in faith. How do you become strong in faith? 1 John chapter 2 verse 14. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him. That is from the beginning. By the, by, by the way, is Abraham a father by this time? It's a very good, interesting question. He is father in the flesh, but not father in the spirit. Once he births Isaac, he will become a father in the spirit. So what is he at, at this moment? Oh, exactly, young man. Thank you so much. 99 year old, he is still called what man? You have hope, Baba. You have hope. 99 year old young man. <laughs> Look at what it says. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God, what? Abides in you richly. Because only young men can produce babies. Once you become old, you can't. So what did God do? Now you are actually spiritually young. I am going to give you the strength and the vigor to produce fruit and you will produce an Isaac now. Even the deadness of Sarah's womb. And you have overcome the wicked one. So, 
So what does he do? He became strong in faith. How do you become strong in faith? John's Gospel chapter 5, 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Understand? That's enough. So, the three things we looked at. What are the three things? He did not allow facts to influence his faith. He did not waver in the promise of God. He became strong in faith. Fourth one. He focused on God's glory. He focused on God's glory. And how is God glorified? And when is God glorified? John's Gospel chapter 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. And disciples have two things. They have salt and now they also have fruit. You see that? They have salt and they have fruit. Understood? And the next. Let us see. First Peter chapter 4 verse 8. Above all, keep on loving one another. Earnestly. Why? Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And as each one of you has received what? A gift. Everybody has received a gift? Absolutely. Let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, first you receive it as a gift. And you sharpen it with hard work. Study to show yourself. Approve unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You receive it as a gift. And you glorify God because you work harder than others like Paul did by the grace of God that is inside of you. That is the reason why Noah walked with God and he built an ark. Was it easy work? 120 years of project, Baba. You cannot be a sleepy, lazy fellow and build an ark like that. You should have godly imagination. And you should be directed by by the Spirit of God. And by the counsel of God, every moment. Show hospitality one another without grumbling. And uh, verse 10, as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Okay, so whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as the one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything, who may be glorified? God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In fact, if you, if you, uh, it says, it goes on to say, if you endure hardship and discipline and temptation and trial, who's resting upon you? The spirit of glory and of God is resting upon you. The spirit of glory is resting upon you. So he, he became focused on what? He became focused on the glory of God. He became focused on the glory of God. So let's move on. First thing, he did not allow facts to influence his faith. He did not waver in the promise of God. He became strong in faith. He was focused on God's glory. And fifth and most important, he abandoned himself on the faithfulness of God and the power of his God. Ultimately, I can do all that I can do, but God, ultimately I'm only dependent upon what? The faithfulness of God and not upon my own faithfulness. He completely abandoned himself. Lord, you said this and whatever you say, I do it. So even if you ask me to offer Isaac on the altar, I have abandoned myself on the faithfulness of God. And every act that I do, now I'll do in the light of who you are. I understand who God is now. I've grown in the knowledge of God. He abandoned himself on the faithfulness of God and on the power of God. This is how you walk in the light. So it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Listen, look at what Paul says. In 2 
second corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 for we do not want you to be unaware brothers of the affliction we experienced in asia for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself but look at what he says indeed we felt that we had received the sentence of death but that was to make us rely not on ourselves but on what god who raises the dead okay and then he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will continue to deliver us on him we have set our hope and he, that he will deliver us again look at this our hope is who our hope is in god and god my hope is built on nothingness but jesus christ and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground. When I was just driving inside, I was saying, when every earthly prop gives way, he alone is my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So what should we do? Built upon the foundation of the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And you will never be moved. Abandon yourself on the on the on the faithfulness of God, and He will never let you be tempted more than what you can bear. And with every temptation, what what is He going to do? He is going to give you a way of escape. So, Second Timothy, chapter one, verses twelve to fourteen. What it's what does it say? For the the which thing uh, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Kya baat hai? And I am persuaded. Look at this. What a tremendous assurance he's got. He has grown in an understanding of. So he's coming to the end of his life and is absolutely, totally abandoned himself on the faithfulness of God. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That's the reason why he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Okay? And to present you what? Blameless. Right? Hold fast the form of sound words which has, which you have heard from me in faith and love which is in Jesus Christ. That good thing which was committed unto you keep by the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. Okay, so he abandoned himself on the mercies of God. Therefore, 1 John chapter 5 verse 23, oh, sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23, it says, and the very God of peace will sanctify you completely and I pray God your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Blameless. Walk thou before me and be thou blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you and he will also do it. So what is the fifth one that Abraham did? He completely abandoned himself on the faithfulness of God. So how did he do that? By completely giving himself over. The best that he had. The very Isaac that he loved the most, he laid it on the altar and he said, Lord, take it. And God said, you know what? Now I know that you fear me. So let us come back to that one last slide once again which I started about the walk of Abraham. What does it say? He did not allow facts to influence his faith. Second, he did not waver in his promises. He became strong in faith. Fourth, he focused on the glory of God. And fifth, he abandoned himself on the power and the faithfulness of God and God alone. And what, did, what happened? As a result, he walked before God and was perfect, blameless, and he inherited the promises. He became the light, source of light to everybody.
Understand? So God is going to judge us according to the light that we have. But if you have the light, you have the promises of God as to how to walk in that light. Don't be, don't let facts influence your faith. Simple things, no? That means guard your ears. Be very careful what you enter, what enters into your ear. Don't waver, become stable. I'm telling you honestly, no. I find so many people, even in the church, they're still unstable. They're juggling between two things. Not very sure. Doctrine should are supposed to make you stable, but you should not be carried away by every wind of doctrine. But you are so susceptible to deception. Become strong in faith. How do you become strong in faith? Because the word of God richly dwells in you and you have overcome the evil one. And fifth one, he abandoned himself on the faithfulness of God and on the power of God. By doing these five things, he walked before God in his light and he was blameless and perfect. Blameless and perfect. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, you are teaching us so many things, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would continue to teach us. Because you said in your word, the humble, you will teach your ways. And I pray, Father, that we will always be in that state of mind, that disposition of humility. So that you can speak to us, you can direct us, you can change the course of our life. So that the truth that we receive will not destroy us. But Lord, you will bring it to its natural fruition. In that it will bring glory to your name. And on that day when we stand before you, we will receive a reward. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And therefore this morning, As a church, O Lord, we once again abandon ourselves upon your goodness and your faithfulness, not on our our faithfulness, O Lord Jesus. Because you said in your word through your servant, Paul, Apostle Paul, you said, Lord, even though we were unfaithful, you still remain faithful because you cannot deny yourself. And therefore this morning, we are banking upon not our faithfulness, not our righteousness, not our holiness, not anything that we do, O Lord Jesus, but upon the faithfulness and the faithfulness of God alone. For Lord Jesus, wrought this work in our lives and cause us to walk in your ways. Even as we go through the season of fasting, O Lord, let our spiritual ears become sensitive and sharp to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, direct us in the course that we have to take as individuals and as families and as a church. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. God bless you. Let's see you all in the evening for the evening Telugu service and all the foreigners can come to learn Telugu, okay?